Hey, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of the On the Horizon RC Podcast. I'm your host and Horizon President, Chris Dickerson, and with me, as always, our Marketing Director, Steve Petrato. Hey, Steve, how are you doing? I'm hanging in there, Chris. Uh, been plenty busy with all of the craziness going on and uh, all of our customers out there getting some new RC in their lives and enjoying their time away from work. And uh, it's just been a it's been a whirlwind over the last couple of weeks, um, but it's been fun. So how, how have you been doing? You know, I'm doing great. And I think it's finally summer is here. It felt like we went from, uh, you know, winter to pandemic to rain. <laughs> torrential rain season to mm-hmm. now it's beautiful. I mean, this may take a couple of days to get posted, but I mean, here in central Illinois, I mean, it's sunny in 75. I mean, that is just yeah. perfect weather to get out, uh, just get out period, but also Definitely. get out and enjoy the hobby. And I think for a lot of us cooped up here between all of those various events, it's nice to finally be able to get out and about. So uh, no, I'm hanging in there and loving the weather. So it's all yeah. good. Um, you know, I think before we get started today, one of the things we've been promoting and your team's done a lot of work on is the support local campaign. And as you know, Steve, we had an auction, we had uh, t-shirts that say, uh, I support my local hobby shop and uh, some decals and various things to fundraise to just help our local hobby shops out. As we talk about a lot, um, this is an important part of the hobby without local hobby shops around People don't have a place to get started in the hobby. They don't have a place to gather as a community um, to to go learn more about, to ask questions. And there's been a big focus about supporting local businesses. And you hear a lot about local restaurants. But uh, we wanted to do our part, of course, Steve, to help help out the local hobby shops. And we uh, wrapped that campaign up just here at the beginning of June. And I'm excited to say through all of that fund raising exercise, and with uh, some donations from Horizon itself, we were able to gather $50,000 that will be distributed out to our uh, Horizon certified partners. And uh, again, just uh, an effort and a gesture to show them how important they are to uh, everything that is the hobby experience and the hobby community. So uh, glad that uh, we were able to do that and thank everybody out there who participated in that by donating uh, participating in the auction or buying a t-shirt or decals. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, great job. And thanks everybody who participated at the, uh, I know I got my shirt in the mail. Uh, I didn't get an employee discount. I know I got mine from straight from our warehouse. So, um, you know, it's good to be able to give back and I know the, I know the shops will appreciate it. And many of us who uh, have been in the hobby a long time, know what, know what hobby shops do for the industry. They, like you said, they're a place to gather. They're a huge knowledge base. They're there when you need them the most, when you're on the weekend, you break apart, you just can't order it in. I mean, they're there for all different kinds of reasons. So uh, we appreciate everyone that, that jumped in for this and, and we're excited to be able to do it and give back as well. Um, and also thanks to those folks, uh, like, uh, Adam Anderson, who signed uh, the Gravedigger and stuff, and his father yeah. as well. You know, that's that's some cool stuff. And I know the the winners of those prizes really appreciate those kind of one off uh, RC items. So very cool and, and great to hear we raised that kind of money. That's awesome. Well, um, you know, moving on a little bit, Chris, we've got uh, a little event. I want to do a another. Well, we'll jump into events, but I want to do a quick update for those of you that are fans of our Real Flight Live 
and our air hangout. If you watch every week, you'll probably know this. If you don't, uh, we moved it to uh, bi-weekly. So we're going to do Real Flight Live and then air hangout, and we're going to alternate them week by week. And we actually moved it uh, to Thursdays instead of Friday evenings. We were having trouble as the weather gets nicer. Imagine that. We've had trouble finding people. Uh, so we moved it to Thursdays uh, around 3 p.m. So everyone has a chance to, to sign on. So it may not be ideal for, as much for customers, but we want to let everybody know that that's our new time slot. We're going to keep that time slot as we go forward. Uh, even even when we get back to traveling, we're going to try to keep that up the most because we do have a pretty cool uh, group of folks who like to join us for those air hangouts and then, of course, the Real Fight Live. Uh, and we're working on some cool stuff for Real Fight Live, hopefully uh, some kind of competition here soon. Um, so we're, we're looking at that. Um, but moving on uh, to events and updates, um, you know, as Horizon is is located here, or at least our headquarters located in, in Champaign, Illinois, and of course, another office in as far as the U.S. goes in California, uh, we're still waiting to hear from, you know, our various states that we're in, obviously Illinois, for most of us to travel to, um, to events. So uh, right now, Illinois uh, kind of has a travel, I guess, a travel clamp down, if you will. And hopefully we move into phase four here shortly, uh, which is predicted to be really soon. Uh, and we can probably begin to travel to some events within reason. Um, but for right now, we're, we're still holding off for the safety of our employees uh, just to just to not be at events and, and to kind of keep in line with the current state guidelines. Um, but as, as for our other signature events, uh, we do, you know, we did lock in AirMeet Live as a new version. So this is our uh, German event in Donauworth, Germany. Uh, we did lock that in on August 15th. It will be a live air show. We've uh, we've contacted some of the greatest RC pilots and planes on the planet. They're going to be there. We've even contacted a few full-scale acts uh, to be on this. And what we're going to do is we're going to live stream this free globally, uh, and it's going to be on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Uh, we're still working with the the streaming company to get everything sorted out, but everything's looking really good, and I'm super excited about how this is coming together. Uh, so more details on that soon to come. Uh, but, Billy, keep your calendar open. It will be a Saturday. It will start – if you're in the U.S., it will start pretty early in the morning because of the time zone. But we tried to push it further enough in the day. So I think if you're on the West Coast, it will be – It'll be starting probably about 6 a.m., 5 a.m., but for the rest of the country, you'll have a full day of, of awesome RC excitement straight from your home. So definitely mark your calendars. Uh, and then for RC Fest, we have the current date as October 2nd through the 3rd. Um, but again, speaking of uh, the Restore Illinois phases, uh, if if we're unable to host an event uh, with you know more than 250 people, I think RC Fest, we have around 5,000 typically that show up. Um, so we'll have to keep in mind on that. So we're going to I'll count that as a tentative date for now, but it was still going to push hard on October. We really had our fingers crossed, but we'll obviously keep in mind um, our state guidelines. And then last but certainly not least, uh, Axial Fest Badlands. The pre-registration period is now closed. So if you didn't get in, that's okay. Just means you may not get a couple of extra perks. We had over 300 drivers, which is huge, uh, to register for Axial Fest Badlands. So um, if you still want to attend, and again, this is in Indianapolis or in, I guess Indiana, really close uh, to the border of uh, Indiana and Illinois off of 74, uh, you can still come to the event. We'll still accept you. Uh, as Indiana has opened up their major events and festivals, they will be opening up on July 4th. So that event is a go, and we're really excited about that. So a lot of cool signature events and definitely uh, some minor changes there, but definitely keep it out. Keep an eye out. We'll be posting on our Facebook pages and keeping you guys updated on the podcast as well. 
Yeah, and Steve, I really appreciate how the team is, we're trying to make things happen. We desperately want these events to happen, and especially with what you're doing with Airmeet. Airmeet is such a cool event, um, and again, draws giant crowds to Germany, uh, 30,000 people last year. But the problem is, if you can't make it to Germany, you kind of miss out. And I'm really excited to see you guys kind of bring Airmeet into the, the, the digital age, so... Uh, very cool. I appreciate you guys doing the best with what we can. And I think it's going to be a great way to share air meat with the world. So uh, looking forward to that and can't wait. Um, and as you usually say, but I'm going to say this week, it wouldn't <laughs> be a Horizon uh, podcast if we didn't talk about products. And this week we've got one big announcement. And uh, if you're if it, it definitely uh, deserves the marquee itself. But this week we announced the SCX-10 RTR uh, Jeep JLU, so the current new generation Jeep body, has all the crazy scale details, Steve, that the kit had. Um, but for those of us who don't have the time or skill uh, or desire to build a kit, you can now get it in the convenience of RTR. Um, this thing comes uh, stock out of the box, Steve, uh, equipped with dig functionality, so you can lock the rear wheels. Uh, gives it more ability to, to crawl. Uh, comes with the new DX3 Spectrum radio. And um, this is a great upgrade over the DX2E. Definitely some cool features to it, including if you use it with your smart radio, it gives you your battery status. So you can kind of see how much uh, fuel you have left in the tank, which is very cool. Uh, port portal axles on this. So again, a little more ground clearance to help you uh, crawl. And like I said, coming with the, uh, when you use it with smart system, it actually comes with the smart Firma 40 amp ESC receiver combo. Um, so this is a great way to get into the newest generation SCX 10.3 cool Jeep JL uh, body on it. Um, and if you're excited about this announcement, if you love the SCX 10.3, you're going to want to stay tuned to this podcast because our guest today is going to be somebody you know really well, and you're going to want to hear his stories. Uh, so I think, Steve, we ought to just jump in and get him on the podcast. All right, Chris, sounds good. Let's get right to it. All right, let's do it. Okay, Steve, each week, our goal with the podcast is to talk to somebody that if you were out at the flying field or sitting by the campfire at Axial Fest, you would want to have a conversation with. You would want to hear their story and hear their passion for the RC hobby all about community and this week we have a great ambassador and certainly somebody i would love to sit at a campfire and talk to uh we can't get to a campfire today but uh, we did get him on the podcast uh for those of you who are in the rc crawling world today's guest will be no stranger to you whatsoever he is one of the reasons axial fest has the awesome trails that it has and is such a cool experience He's also the founder of the Recon G6 series. If we were in the same room today, Steve, I know this guy well enough. He would have hugged us both by now, too. This, this <laughs> man is, is more of a hugger than any other person I know, and I say that with as a compliment. Today's um, <laughs> guest, if you haven't figured out already, is none other than Brian Parker. Brian, welcome to the show, and thanks for uh, taking time out of your schedule to talk to us, man. Well, hello, and, and what an honor to be on the show. It's uh, super cool. I appreciate the uh, kind verbiage on the intro. <laughs> oh, it's all right. I guess we'll have to virtual hug uh, to start the show today, and uh, we'll go from there, man. You'll owe me one. <laughs> yes, uh, I would have already hugged you several times, 
And, um, <laughs> so I have mask I guess no maybe, mask. That's right. Maybe we should explain to people again. I kind of said in the intro, you know, a lot of people that are in the crawling world know who you are and the things we're saying make sense. There may be some people, we have a lot of uh, air customers, even Steve may be questioning a little bit what's going on today. But if you're a, no. if you're a, if you're a flyer, a pilot, you may not know what's going on right now. So maybe Brian, if you could just tell us a little bit about the Brian Parker story, who you are and, and what you're up to today. Uh, some of our intro will make a little more sense to the rest of the audience. Well, I, I think we'll let's we'll do a quick fall back to how I got into RC. So I never was into RC growing up. Uh, I was into to BMX, BMX freestyle. My brother actually bought an RC10 gold pan, but he's not mechanically inclined. So he asked me to help him put it together. And I was just amazed at, you know, actual oil and the shocks and the detail that went into the build. Well, later on in, in when he got into the military, he bought the, I think it's the Tamiya Hummer, uh, M11083 something, 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 military looking Hummer. I helped him build that one as well. Then I forgot about RC again until later on in life. I was... uh into off-roading, one-to-one wheeling, doing uh, camping trips on the Rubicon Trail, Fort Ice Trail. And the group I was with, uh, we started playing with these little battery-powered cars from Walmart. And I set up a, and I know this is hard to believe that I get passionate about things, but I was so hooked on these little cars that I set up a 120-square-foot little track out on my patio. I mean, I, I took my concrete saw, I cut huge rocks to make canyons and, and we literally played stuck, which is the off-road version of horse. So the guys would come over, we'd set the little cars down. And of course they were modified, different tires, the belts would stretch on them. So we would use straws to tighten the belts up. They were like the, the lockers and Man, we we played this till two, three in the mornings on the weekends. Just it was like virtual wheeling. Well, one of those guys bought a Nylant from Walmart. He's like, "Man, Parker, you got to check this out. We can actually drive them." I'm like, "Drive them?" So I go over, check it out, and they were big. They were a little awkward, but they were they were fun. And that is what really started. I did a BPRCA. Uh, series and, and we had because there's four seasons we had three events per season because I've been a firm believer a driver should be able to drive in all weather conditions all terrain conditions no matter what mother nature throws at you so so this enabled us to have a summer series champion a winter series champion and the nylons were were fun but then NorCal came over with a 2.2 uh, and a Super because we got into Supers as well. And I, I was just just amazed at what these things could do. It allowed our group that we, we wheeled with on the one-to-one trucks because we always heckled each other on the, on the trail. Now we could heckle each other in the backyard or at Moon Rocks, or any plethora of places that I held events in the Reno, NorCal area, 
uh, that's one thing we don't have a, a lack of is places to to have stellar 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 events. And I think that's that's basically how I got started, dude. It was just it was the the I never thought I would wear a promoter's hat, but looking through promotion with competitors' eyes, I was able to instill as competitor what I would want to experience at an event. And it's just been a blessing that the events that I've, I've held since then has been liked, not just locally, but nationally and internationally, because we go all over the world and do Recon G6 scale adventure events. So it's, it's, it's actually been a roller coaster of a ride because as a competitor, the competition rock crawling was fun, but it was only a small sliver of the hobby. Um, and, and, and only to alpha male competitors, there was only a handful of female drivers that actually came to the uh, BPRCA events or the recon crawler events that we had because it was competition based. And, and then sooner or later with competition, you always get the, the alpha male mentality uh, and the, sure. the drivers that live in the gray area. You know, I, I hate the gray area. Um, but you have guys that, that honestly believe if, if you ain't cheating, you ain't, you ain't trying. Right. Um, right. And I just got, I just got tired of that mentality. And I thought, you know, there's got to be something else. There's just got to be uh, a way to put the fun that's that I know RC has. And all of a sudden, a buddy of mine brought over. Now, now I'd driven a couple of scalers. I'd driven uh, War Pigs custom aluminum caged Jeep uh, scaler up in uh, Pacific Northwest, Tim Samuels. And I was so nervous driving it because you drive it like it's real. And I did not want to scratch or dent this thing up because it was all custom. So I, I really didn't get the, I was more nervous than anything. It was fun to drive, but I really couldn't push it because I didn't want to damage it. Well, then a buddy of mine came over with his axial. Uh, I think he, I think he brought over uh, his honcho. But if he tells a story, he's going to say it was his, uh, oh my goodness, what's the one that looks like a Land Rover? Um, I can't think of it right now. I think it was his honcho, though. Yeah, there's a one, the silver one. Um, oh my goodness, it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, I can't remember. Anyway. <laughs> I'm blanking out, uh, too. <laughs> you know, well, that's going to bug me now. So. He he comes over and I I when when I'm when I can keep it up I have a pretty pretty stellar test area in the backyard and uh, the he says hey can I come over and and, and use the compound uh, I got this new scaler from Axial I'm like sure so he comes over and it was still running the NICAD battery and I thought oh dude let me, let me try that out real quick and I have this one section that I built that is kind of like a section on the Rubicon trail down in, uh, 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 it's, it's like a double whammy. So, so if you play it right, you can just sit there and spin and crab walk back and forth six to eight feet while the tires are chirping <laughs> and, and you have so much fun. So here's this little section 
and I'm watching this little truck work and I can hear the tires, the rubber on the rock. And it's just, it's not chirping, but it's grinding. And I don't know, maybe five or six minutes. It seemed like an eternity as I'm going back and forth, making this little truck dance. And I I didn't think it was ever going to climb it. But all of a sudden, I guess the tires heated up enough. It hooked up and pulled the line. And at that moment, I was hooked. I was like, (laughs) oh, my God. And I kept doing that. I think I did that four or five times before the battery died. And then he had to go home. He never even got to play in the backyard. I felt so bad for a minute because I was like, oh, my God. Okay. There's got, what can I do with these things, right? Um, <laughs> and, and being a, being a competitor, I was like, okay, let, what do they do with these things? What, there's gotta be, let me see. So I searched for events. I searched and then I was so bummed out. I mean, there's like someone hit me in the chest with a sledgehammer when I found the only thing they did with these scalers was competition based events. And I'm like, man, that, that, what a what a disappointment! Who, once I, I I couldn't even get through all the rules because the rule book was so thick. I got like halfway down the first page, and I was like, you know, this is just BS, man. Who, who, who <laughs> you've got you've got builders that put in forty, eighty, hundred and seventy hours into their builds. I mean, getting detailed right down to you know the Uber scale, putting little cigarette burns in their interior. You know, I mean. I'm not at that level, but I know people at that level. Oh yeah. What do you know? What do they want to do uh, with these rigs? They spend so much time building them. They don't put them on the shelf. They definitely don't want to go stand in line for six hours to get a 10 minute run. They want to drive these things. So I, I do my best thinking at nighttime. I went to sleep that night, woke up. I was like, okay, I got it. It's got to be something that like an adventure run. And uh, it took a minute. It took about a year of events. And it, at this time, uh, Axial was my my number one sponsor. And they kept asking me what I was going to do because I'd stopped doing competition crawling events. And at that time, you know, they still had the XR10 in production. Uh, and I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm working on something with the, with the scale rigs. And I never told them what I was working on. I, I needed to fine tune the recipe. So after I nearly got arrested at Folsom uh, state park in, in Sacramento for having an event without a permit, <laughs> I, I, right. Uh, uh, I knew I was on to something um, because I think we had right at 80 drivers at that event. So I rescheduled the event for a lower area that we went in the park and, and all the drivers uh, that, that paid to, to come out and play, they uh, got, a, got that next event for free. It was called the uh, Folsom Prison uh, Blues Part Do. And <laughs> they brought more people and, I, and we had nearly 100 people. So I handed all these trash bags out. And, and told everyone, hey, look, please pick up any trash you see along the trail. And if any of the hikers or dog walkers ask what you're doing, tell them you're, you're picking up trash and send them to me. So I had, I can't tell you how many 
dozens of, of park users I had come up and, and thank us that they'd never seen trail trash collection like this before. Never had any problems. Didn't need a permit because we were technically off the park area, right? Um, and it was that's that's what caught Axial's attention. And they said, okay, look, we got to know what you're doing. And they came up and said, oh, my gosh, do you realize what you have here? And I'm like, well, we have a whole lot of fun. And, and once I have it perfected, I think it's going to be uh, – it's going to change the way that, that, that we look at these scale vehicles and possibly I – never, I never looked at it as a new genre of RC, but it turned into a new genre of RC because – even though the scale scene had been around way before the SCX-10 Honcho. Oh, the Dingo. That's what it was called. It was the Axial Dingo. Oh, was right, the one right. that looked like a little uh, convertible Land Rover. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> and, I thought it was orange. And, of course, you probably me off with had the, the, silver, uh, the, yeah. the, the Bomber Betty. Mm. Right. But yeah. it really yeah. did. It turned into its own genre. Sure. And where the RC crawling clubs – were uh, defunct and, and being dismantled, then you started seeing the scale growth. And, and that's one of the things I'm, you know, the first, the first and foremost is family fun. Uh, that's what really drives me to, to do these events is, is family fun. Families coming out, best friends coming out, making memories with people that you just met or that you've known all your life. Uh, but the second thing is the – oh, I lost my train of thought because I was so happy about making memories. I, it's been a while since we got a chance to make memories. Um, oh, that's all right. The um, – what was the second thing? <laughs> it's all good. So let's just, let's just pause there. I mean you, okay. you basically started – I'm just trying to recap it quick because I know this was, you've, been, you've been kind of taking us the uh, the long way around here, but it's kind of fun to hear all the different ways to, to how you changed everything. But you started with a nylant, basically a Toys R Us or Walmart type of vehicle <laughs> with probably, yes. you know, for all intents and purposes, not proportional steering, probably like clicker button steering, but probably no, nowhere near even the worst RC vehicle of today's time. And then, and then now you're at the point where, you know, you're worldwide known, you've got some of the best crawling courses anywhere and, uh, and vehicles have surely changed even for the last three years. Um, and so now you've got this incredible brand and this incredible following. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, whether you're in, in Europe where we were at air meet last year and you were there and people knew of you and had heard about the awesome courses you put together or you're, you know, anywhere in from the uh, what the flat nasty event in Missouri until mm-hmm. all the way up, you know, RC Fest up by us. I mean, you're you're known everywhere, and it all started from a <laughs> from basically a toy, which is super cool. I mean, it's it's always fun to hear how people get into the hobby, uh, whether it's you know through work or through you know f- seeing it from a friend at the park or their parents. But it sounds like you kind of got in from your brother a little bit, but then mainly brought back in after a while with another friend. So. Uh, <laughs> That's a pretty interesting story. Yeah, it really, when uh, we were in our four-wheel drive club, it was just a way that we could get together during the week and and talk more trash and heckle each other. And that's really what it was. Uh, the 
for the group that I was I was with, uh, a lot of them were still good friends, but they're not into our scene any longer. Uh, that's what it was. Man, we could get together in the middle of the week, talk trash, laugh, have fun, but also the for me one of the major attractions was the lines driving that RC crawler or or uh, my UMG ten. It's the lines, the similarity between a one-to-one crawler and a radio-controlled crawler are so similar. It's scary because the lines are the same. The technique is the same. Sometimes you need to um, lose traction to gain traction. Wheel speed is huge on pulling certain lines. Knowing the the travel, uh, the articulation of your vehicle is important on, on the line choice. And I think that's what uh, attracts a lot of the pro drivers. Like, you know, uh, Larry McRae is a G6er. Um, uh, you have Eric Miller, two-time um, King of the Hammers uh, king. He, he's a G6er. You, you've got all these – you've got these one-to-one professional drivers – that enjoy RC for that reason. And in a lot of times you see like the competitive rock crawling scene. Uh, we've had a couple of local guys that compete on the We Rock series and the things they've done with their comp rigs, like, like front burns on a, on a face of a rock to get around a, a gate. They've applied that to their one-to-one crawling. And it's, wow. it's really cool to see that crossover and how one benefits the other. You know, that scale of driver ability and vehicle capability never really balances out. But that scale is the same for RC as it is to one to one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've cool. seen, cool. yeah. I've seen, uh, you know, folks that are low driver skill with a great setup vehicle and it mm-hmm. kind of, you know, they do okay. And then you see the guy with a, that's been driving for, you know, five, 10 years and has a poorly set up vehicle and does a great time. So it's an interesting dynamic with it. And it's one of those things, I mean, I'm an air guy uh, as I always claim to be, but I really got into the crawling stuff in the last couple of years. It's just, it's a totally different element of RC that requires you to use your brain, but not be super stressed out. But if you're in a, in a competition, you're really thinking and it's a, it's a whole different world. So if you out there and you're listening and you've never tried crawling, give it a shot, uh, you know, go out there and get, you know, get something, even a, even a small, you know, 24 scale crawler will get you started in your living room. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool. Well, Parker, um, you know, I think one of the things that always impresses me with, uh, with how much with you is how much energy you have, whether it's at an event or, you know, we were at air meet and you were finding fossils in the rocks to, to make the course, or you were driving a skid steer here at RC fest two miles each way just to get, you know, materials out of the quarry or whatever that dumping ground is. Uh, you never really seem to skip a beat. I mean, is that pretty much an average day for you or do you ever take a minute to relax? <laughs> no, that's an average day. Um, <laughs> I kind of figured. <laughs> yeah, that's, the uh, I, I have a hard time sit, staying idle. <laughs> mm-hmm. The yeah, and it's um, it, it's always something. So the yeah, I, I just go full, especially when it comes to the RC stuff. It, it's you know, in I tell people they're like, oh, you're so lucky, you you got the world's greatest job, and which yeah, I never take it for granted. But there are days 
it's just like any other work. Like you're just like, ah, oh, really? You know, <laughs> you have that moment of, uh, and, and what always sticks in my mind is I was in uh, a, a jungle in Hong Kong and I'm in this, uh, there was this creek and this, it was an awesome creek and I wanted to use this creek, but it was too deep. It was like knee deep. So I was like, man, I can't, I can't be all the way in Hong Kong. And, and we, we have to drive through this creek. So I started just digging boulders out of this creek to build two, two routes, one to go across it. And then I, I went up the hill and hit a boundary. So I had to come back and I had to build another one to get back. I didn't want a, a traffic jam. So I wanted two distinct routes. Well, I'm working on the second one. And, and it's hot. I'm pouring down sweat. And I, I, you just look down and, and it's like I've, I've got freckles. I've got all these mosquitoes on me. And I'm, I'm swatting these mosquitoes. And, and they're getting the best of me. And, and I'm a Leo. So I wear my emotions on my sleeve. And, and I'm just like, are you flipping kidding me, you mosquitoes? And I start to lose it. And I'm like, bro, hold on a second. I kind of looked up. And I'm looking at all these strange like tropical plants, you know, I'm like, Hey dude, wait a minute. You're, you're, you're in the middle of a jungle in Hong Kong, knee deep in a Creek building roads for tiny trucks. Are you kidding me? This is the best day ever. So it was like mosquitoes. If you like this American blood, go ahead and eat all you want to, because you're not going to get me upset, man. This is just absolutely epic. So, but, but it's all you know, about you, the perspective. Yes. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, and Brian, you know, Parker, one of the things too with, with you, I mean, like Steve said, you've definitely got this great energy and, and uh, so fun to be around. You also have a, a unique uh, habit of naming your rigs and you come up with some pretty interesting, fun names for them. Uh, can you share a couple with us and how do you come up with the names you come up with for your rigs. What's the reasoning behind all of this? Well, my, my, my latest rig, my latest and greatest rig that, that I never get tired of driving right now is my UMG 10, my axial UMG 10. And his name is Atlas. Uh, is one of the first, actually it's the second male, uh, rig that I've, I've named, uh, as a male name Atlas. Atlas was simple. Because I knew I was going to take this UMG 10 around the globe. And oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. It, well, and, I, and I'm big into hydro dipping. I'm not a very good painter. Um, the, the, I'm not even a good builder. Uh, but I can drive. You know, driving's in my screen name. And <laughs> I found a hydro dip that looked like a map. And I thought, oh, wow. Let me uh, call this guy. And come to find out this company's he, he's a veteran. He's veteran owned and operated. And uh, it was a rush job because I was like, dude, I, I really need this. Um, so he's able to squeeze me in. And it looks like a, a, a it looks like a pirate map, an old pirate map. Oh, that's, cool. Yeah. And, and it just it turned out so awesome. Um, and it, it just fit. So Atlas, I knew Atlas was, was going to be his name. Uh, I was just lucky I found a a hydro dip film that was of a map 
And then because of, of the hydro dippers knowledge, he was able to make it look like an old map with uh, the primer that he used. Hmm. And, and let's, uh, and I need hydro dipped on my rigs because I'm pretty hard on bodies. Um, I have a lot of foliage art, if you will, on my rigs and hydro dipping seems to hold up pretty well uh, to the, to my driving style, oh, which is rough cool. at times. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but no, I, so Atlas, we've had uh, Yoda McNasty uh, was my axial um, G6 uh, Jeep Wrangler. And that was like a purple camouflage. But Yoda McNasty, because everyone knows I'm a Yoda guy. I'm a Toyota guy. So they went when, when the uh, Recon G6 uh, Axial came out, everyone's like, ooh, you're back to driving a Jeep. And, and a lot of people don't know I cut my off-roading teeth in a 1995 Jeep Wrangler. So for me, it was like wow. coming home. Okay. okay. And uh, yeah. Um, but then I also named my one-to-one rigs as well. Uh, so the G trains have all had a name. We've had White Lightning was my uh, dad's 1995 uh, GMC uh, 1500 something something. Big crew cab thing that we drove everywhere and the only thing that stopped it was we hydro locked it uh, by the in the Pacific Ocean during high tide. <laughs> yeah. But you know the crazy thing is after we hydro locked it, and um, and and the guys got it running on the beach, on the beach under the hood, uh, and, and they're kind of, of of you know chewing my tail end out a little bit because it had been over a year since um, uh, I didn't have a starter in it, so I had to use a pair of pliers. Uh, and turn the ignition to start it. And, and that works well until you get pulled over. And then the officers see that you don't have a key in the ignition and you have a lot oh, of explaining yeah. to do, right? Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but but the starter was like, it just would not work all the time. And and they're under the hood with, with everything off. And they're like, Parker, you still ain't fixed your starter? I was like, nah, haven't fixed the starter yet. So we got the truck running ever since that truck got hydrolocked in the Pacific ocean. It has, it got nothing less than 23 miles a gallon. I don't know what it did. Wow. Sorry guys. I don't know what it did to that motor to free it up, but wow. Did the, did the fuel mileage go way up and, and trips become a lot less expensive. So <laughs> pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then, I, I try to name most of my rigs after classically trained dancers. So we have cinnamon, sapphire. You know. <laughs> classic. That sounds pretty classic yeah. there. Classic. <laughs> but, uh, oh man! Well, Brian, yeah. everyone knows your um, everyone knows your kind of the the trail master, I, I guess, at Axial Fest, and um, and I know it's a big part of of your year. And unfortunately, we can't have it at Donner this year. Um, but I know, you know, a lot of the folks listening are, are probably curious on how, how does that experience come together and what does it take to plan, you know, a set of trails as incredible as they were at Donner? Is it more of a cre- creativity or is it being blessed with a good environment to walk into? Well, the, I, I, I like this. Like I said, it goes back to one of, one of my part of my mission statement has always been, I want to make you a better driver and I can only do that with the help of mother nature. So yes, 
we are very fortunate on the West Coast to have some amazing terrain, uh, not only in, in Nevada, but in California, Utah, uh, Arizona. It's just unbelievable terrain, right? Uh, but what I think is is cool is the different environments all over, not just the states, but in different countries as well. So one of my goals was when I started doing this was I really wanted to set a trail in the woods and people out here didn't understand. They're like, Oh, well you set trails up at dawn or you set trails at Cisco Grove. I'm like, yeah, but that's the forest. There, there's a difference between forest and woods. And, and if I have to explain that to you, then you've never been in the woods before. Um, <laughs> and you know what I mean? I mean, you guys are right. there in Illinois, you have woods. Yeah, we have woods. And luckily, uh, the very first ever Recon G6 tour, we the very first ever stop was in St. Catharines, Canada, just just uh, uh, not too far from Niagara Falls. And that was like Canadian woods. So I was like, okay, this is this is great. But for me, woods is, you know, like it, in Missouri where I'm from, you know, that was the, that was one of my personal goals. And then we went from there to Missouri. So I got a chance to set them in the woods of Missouri. And then I think the following year we added Arkansas to the tour. And that was amazing because it's just the woods provide you a different type of driving style. You might have Rocky Creek beds. Uh, you may have like gravel scale, gravel, uh, mud, you know, we don't get a lot of mud out here in the West. And, um, yeah, so the area, I work with what we have. I, I, I still say one of the best ever events, um, the Shaka Bra Classic in Hawaii. We went to Hawaii. There was the first time a, uh, a major RC event was brought to the islands and, we had a blast and it was, I always call it, as a matter of fact, I've got the, I'm, I'm looking at the, uh, 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 808 G6 family right here. They, they made me this very nice, uh, uh, picture. And, uh, we had, I, I, we had 12, 12 drivers. Okay. And the most coverage of any event to date. We had uh, three, we had a local uh, car show guy that came out. He did a 30-minute car show on the island. He came out to cover it as one of his episodes. We had the uh, uh, some news channel come out. And then we had three magazines come out. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's tripping me out, right? Well, the, well, the car guy who had a car show, he's like, hey, uh, where's the cars at? And I was like, they're right there. They're on the picnic table, right? <laughs> they're right there. He's like, no, the real cars. I'm like, oh, no, this, there's no real cars here. It's, it's all scale cars, RC cars. And, man, that guy's look was so disgusted. Like like his face <laughs> cracked. And, and, and I knew like he wanted to cuss me. And he's like, well, I'll just take a couple of pictures, a couple of things and uh, I'll be gone in 30 minutes. I was like, hey, not a problem. Uh, but look, and and I'm sure you have more experience at this than I do. But when you're shooting 
the cars, and it looks like you have some pretty expensive cameras. I don't know how close to the dirt you want to get, but if the lower you get, the better they look. And and he kind of snubs his nose at me, right? You know, like like who am I telling him how to do his job, right? So, right, right. And and what do I know? I mean, I, I we most of the times anyway. <laughs> it was about three thirty in the afternoon. Now this was in the morning. I mean, we hadn't even started yet. This was in the morning before the start. And around three thirty in the afternoon, I get this tap on my shoulder. I turn around. Here's this guy. He is smiling ear to ear. He goes. Oh my gosh, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. He was there the whole day. <laughs> Try it to like it, right? Right? Totally hooked. Yeah. yeah. Fo- fo- followed the drivers uh, because there was it's, it was such a quiet, it was such a cozy group. Followed them the whole day. Uh, and we were locked in, literally, we were locked into a um racetrack areas it was fenced in and um i didn't have much to work with we we uh, it was literally a parking lot um a bunch of k rails and, and we had k rail v cracks that were epic uh they had an area they were making a dirt track so we had some mounds that looked like the the moon landscape with crushed coral and lava rock uh, we had some tires. I made a tire a tire maze. Um, it was it was just one of those events. It reminded me of the first Axial Fest, where it, it, at that first Axial Fest, no one knew what to expect because we had ended the Axial West Coast Championship. So no longer was it a crawling event. Now it was strictly scale. And literally, uh, I'd been doing the G6 events for a little over a year. And I thought, you know what? Let's just make it. And at that time, the G6 trails were 100 trail markers. And I thought, you know what? Let's just make it a big G6. So we did 10 100 trail marker stages. And uh, it was insane. It, It was absolutely insane. The the only complaint we had that first year was people didn't have enough time to charge batteries. <laughs> it was just that's, nonstop that's action. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that, that, to me, that was a great. Yeah. yeah. No, that, so do you guys, do you or your team, when you're setting up one of these courses and, you know, wherever it be, but do you guys actually drive the course before you let the public and the, the team go on it or are they more kind of dynamic or organic than that? You kind of just scope them out and then you kind of see if people can really run them or not. Or do you, do you guys run them to make sure, yep, this is, this is good to go. Kind of give it your stamp. How's it work? Well, I know, I, I know this is, this is probably a PG 13 thing, but I'm going to say that's a hell no. That is, <laughs> that is my number one rule. We do not ever pre-run a trail, oh, okay. uh, uh, as, as trail markers, um, and I call them trail markers because what what the G6 is adventure. And for me, if you're going to start a new genre, you got to start with the terminology. So no longer were they called gates because a gate implies competition. They're, right. they're trail markers. They're your guide to adventure, right? Um, and, and there's a left and a right trail marker. The right trail marker has the number on it. That gives you your sense of direction. Um, 
and it tells you where you're at in your adventure. Oh, this is trail marker 25 of 50. Okay. Um, but the crew in, in the G crew right now has just been a blessing. Um, because there is a, a recipe to the, the madness. And a lot of times, um, when, when you're first on the G crew, I, I like calling like you're, you're, you're a bucket, bucket boy. You know, you hold the bucket and trail markers and hand me the trail markers. And I said it, um, <laughs> but as it goes on, the guys, they, they learn and, and there's a recipe. I, I want you to feel certain things on certain areas. And that's, uh, that's part of it is the trail markers aren't necessarily the obstacle. Um, the trail markers are your route. So what's in between those trail markers could be just the most crazy epic stuff you've ever driven in your life. Um, and then you need to breathe a little bit. You know, you, you need to have that moment to go, wow, look at where we're at. This is beautiful. Hold on. Let me take a picture of my rig right here. What I want you to feel when I want to add pepper to the recipe and I want you to really work and sweat a little bit, then I make it like a, a mandatory driving challenge where that you might have some ribbon that you have to drive and stay inside that ribbon. Maybe it's a, you're not allowed to touch your vehicle in there. And so it, it mentally, it puts a little bit more pressure on you to drive, to drive like you're inside your rig. Um, so, so there is a method to the madness and the crew, the G crew that we have right now. Um, not, not all of them are, are granted uh, the honor of setting trails. But the ones that have graduated to it uh, do an absolutely fantastic job. Um, and one of one of them is um, Bill Riddle. He he's going to be um, heading up the G Crew at Axial Fest Badlands. So uh, everyone's going to be in for a, for a great great adventure at Axial Fest Badlands this year. Yeah. yeah. It is great. And that is cool to hear. I mean, having been on some of the courses, it it does make sense. And I mean, some of the time it feels like just getting from one gate to the next, that is the journey. I mean, sometimes I know at Axial Fest last year, there were a couple of times I was out on the course and I wouldn't call myself lost, but um, I didn't know exactly where I was going. And that's the fun. Um, Sometimes that you are just kind of, you know, you're, you're exploring, like you said earlier. So (laughs) It's, it, it makes sense. And it's good to know that it is kind of organic, you know, in the sense that, yeah, there's a, a general path you're going, but it's not, okay. It's been, you know, again, like you said, you know, stamp of approval here. Somebody's, you know, driven it and there, there is more of a, a, a clear path. So that's very cool. Um, yeah. And, and honestly, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. You know, one, we don't know uh, everyone's driving ability. And, and some of these local clubs, uh, they set trail markers to their club's ability. Well, if you get a new person that just broke out their RTR and they find it very difficult because their driving ability is not up to everyone's, you know, that's where what I liked about the, the G6 in the very first year, those alpha mentalities, the win at all cost drivers came they didn't win because it's not a race. It's not a competition. It's an adventure. And when they realized that 
that they went through and didn't make any, they didn't hit any trail markers and they still didn't win, they quickly lost interest. Well, this is not for me. Well, that's good because right. it's not, it's not geared. Not everyone likes what we do uh, and it's not geared that way. Uh, but it filtered out that comp mentality and brought the adventure mentality in almost like an overlanding uh, type feel. Um, mm-hmm. But but there are unique things with Recon G6 that still no other uh, RC event uh, has, like a driver challenge. You know, you come to an RC event, you expect to drive your RC car. Well, you do that in the G6. You may drive – some people drive twice as long, three times longer with their scale cars than they did in their one-to-one cars to get to the event. You know, you do a lot of driving. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I think – Axial Fest West last year was a great indication of that. Um, there was people driving 24 hours a day. You know, yeah, it, yeah, it was just surreal. Super early in the morning, and yeah, I, you know, it was, it really was. I mean, we had to ask people to come down off the hills just, you know, for safety at some point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you're right, it, it's a, uh, it is kind of nonstop. And I, I mean, I know last year I didn't get through all the trails. It just again ran out of time. And you would think with a four or five day event, you'd have plenty of time, but yeah, it's and, yeah, challenging. And for me, for me, I think uh, Axial Fest is a key one because, you know, Axial Fest, um, back in the day, uh, I was asked to, to create something for the Axial fans, right? Because it, it's a brand specific event. And at that time, there was not a brand specific crawling event ever. You know, yeah, you have brand specific races, but nothing in in the in the in the crawling segment. So it was it was a little unique, and to me, it's a customer appreciation thing. Um, I've never been, and it comes from the comp days when I set a comp course. I don't want to give the competitor the confidence that that course has already been driven and can and can be driven. I want that first person or, or, or maybe it takes five or six people to drive that before they complete that course. I want them to have those butterflies. I want them to have those nerves, uh, break out the beads of sweat. That's part of what you're paying that entry for. Right. 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 Absolutely. So for Axial Fest, uh, you know, let's see what 2012 to 2015, um, when customers come, they're getting fresh trails. There's no, there's no pre-running. And, and I think the, let's see, 16, 17, 18, um, the, there was a lot of content gathering, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot of those trails were ran. A lot of them were, were, uh, burnt out, uh, before customers even got on the trails. And, right. and it, it, that's to me, uh, it took some of that adventure away, right? Um, yeah, I think I think so. We definitely got that feedback, so I think people were excited to kind of get back to the kind of the more pristine uh, view of the event, right? Yeah, yeah. See, you you want them to to experience, you know, that's like I said, customer appreciation. Uh, you want them to go out and experience those trails, going, oh my gosh, you know, yeah, we set them, but you're the first one to put a truck on them. You know, this is this is 
Axial Fest is 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 your event. Uh, come out here and enjoy it and have fun with us. You know, that's that, I mean that's what we do this for, right? I mean, if we didn't have fun, we sure wouldn't be doing it. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, sure. That makes a lot of so, good sense. Yeah, and yeah, oh. it's, it's such, an, such, an, such an event. Yeah, and, and the guys will tell you, the, the, or the crew, the crew will tell you, if you want a quick uh, uh, ass chewing for me, let me catch you on course with a rig before before the event starts. That is it. That is the number one no no. Don't ever 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 uh, uh, do that. Yeah, that's and that's how I've been my whole RC career from two thousand and six. Uh, I've never. Pre-run, you, you want to keep that integrity of your of your events and and for the scale stuff, you definitely want to keep that adventure um, for those events. And and the guys know that's why some trail markers sometimes they're eight feet wide because the inside, let's say the right side is this nasty gnarly technical climb, but then the far left side is just a nice little footpath up around the top. Well, for the new guy or the new the new driver, uh, b- because RC is one of those rare things where that controller has no no clue and doesn't care who's putting the input into it, right? Because we have the most amazing women drivers um, in the in the RC surface genre, and and some of the still the most female drivers in any of the surface RC genres is in scale adventure. Period. Uh, it, yeah, it's it, true. It's crazy cool, crazy cool. Uh, side benefactor or uh, uh, to the hobby is that it doesn't matter. It, it's adventurous for everyone. Definitely, but, uh, Ryan, you created. Uh, I, don't, I don't mean to cut you off there, but you you created kind of a cool uh, certification too with this with the G six group, and I know a lot of manufacturers have have tried to get their products through it. Some have passed, some have failed. What was uh, what does it mean to be G6 certified and, and how have people kind of reacted to that level of prestige over the years? Oh, boy, now, now you're really pulling my heartstrings right here because <laughs> the it was one of those things I woke up in the middle of the night and I thought, oh my gosh, dude, this is crazy because how did we, there was no way to validate product. Uh, you have advertisements in the magazines, right? You had uh, product reviews in the magazines. And, and let's be honest, I really didn't start thinking about this until after I attended the first, my first ever, um, um, oh my goodness, the RC event in SoCal. What was that thing called? Um, uh, RC- come to me. RCX or? RCX, yes. I attended RCX. And from an outsider looking in, because, you know, like I said, that was my first time ever there and seeing the RC industry at, at that level, it was like, wow, it seems like the manufacturers that that paid the most in, in ads got the prizes or got the awards, right? And I'm like, okay, so and me and my just common sense country boy viewpoint. I'm like, all right, well, how else can you validate product? I mean, you have, you can call your buddy up and he's going to tell you what he likes. It might not necessarily work for you, but he's going to tell you what he likes. Um, 
your 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 local hobby shop and and I love our local hobby shops because that's really still I think uh, people's first experience into RC. So I, I support as many local hobby shops around the country and around the globe as I can because it's it, they're a vital part of the growth of our community. Correct? Absolutely. Um, but you're going to get one of those hobby shop owners that he's going to push whatever he makes the most off of, right? Not necessarily the best part, but he gets the best pricing on it. So I, I just, I thought, man, there's got to be another way. It's got to be another way. And I woke up one night, middle of the night, and I was like, oh my God, I got it. <laughs> we got to do an endurance event. And I thought, man, okay, well, what what kind of endurance event? I mean, shit, 12 hours is like, everyone does something 12 hours. 24 hours seems a little long. And what does the race world do? And I knew there was like some racing stuff, but it was almost like scaled. It was a, a scaled 12-hour event that I saw. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cheesy. You know, if you're going to do a, a, a an endurance event, it should not be like scaled down on the hours. <laughs> so, the, so the very first one, and, and, I, and I had no idea because it had not been done before. So I really couldn't make any mistakes. I did 18 hours. <laughs> Let me tell you, 18 hours. The driver started at nine o'clock on a Friday night and they drove until 3 p.m. Saturday afternoon. Oh, wow. 18 hours nonstop on a set course. And it was, it really validated product uh it took me and then now this was only once a year so uh it's called the 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 uh the fix enduro you know it's the recon g6 uh signature event the fix enduro and what it's grown into after um trial and error we have three endurance classes because who are we to know about a person's endurance level and, and it should be something they should experience for themselves. Not all of us want to drive 12 hours with our RC car. And it's 12 actual hours. It's not scaled down. So we have a 12-hour class. We have a six-hour class and a three-hour class. And that introduces people to endurance driving with your RC car. The 12-hour class is the only one. The products that survive 12 hours. And the reason I dropped it back to 12 hours is because Steve and Chris, there was one thing I didn't think about when I was, when I was like 18 hours. Okay. You have to, you have to stay up with them. <laughs> You're awake for 18 hours. Too. <laughs> like, so, that's true. You can't go take a nap, right? You can't say, Oh yeah. Hey guys, no! I'll see you in the morning. Yeah. No, that's a good Someone point. has to, to be working the computer. Point. So, right, right. So, yes. So I thought, you know what, if I can't design and, and that's what, uh, um, that's the, the true testament of this event. Uh, you, you design a course, any one of us could design a course that tears product up. That's not the purpose of, of the fix enduro. We want to certify product. So, if I can't design a course that tests product for 12 hours, then I have no business setting a course ever again. And that's the way I looked at it for myself uh, and, and dropping it down to 12 hours. Now, the thing that, that I didn't like about the 12 hours 
is I couldn't play on sleep deprivation for the drivers. Um, there was a lot of things I couldn't do because of the less time factor. So I had to, to implement different things. And, and I think that's what makes the, the fix enduro so unique and, and definitely my favorite event that I do. And I'm thankful that now I do it twice a year, once in Europe and once in the States, because it's really allotted me now, um, to fine tune it and to get it to where it's at currently today, which is just absolutely epic. In, in my opinion, the, I play on uh, driver's minds. So there's certain things on that course and it's a, it's a mile long, give or take a 10th uh, because, and, and drivers are allowed to come out and, and pre-run it. You need to have a game plan. And I think that's what attracts the endurance drivers or, or different people to it. It's not a, it's not for everyone. And it was never intended to be for everyone because there's only uh, a select few that's going to be like, Oh dude, I want to drive my rig for 12 hours. You know, right, right. not for it, everybody. It, right. Yeah. And, and not only drive it for 12 hours, but subject myself to this, this, this mentality of, of, of what I've created because at a certain time, the drivers are asked, Hey, you've got uh, 12 balloons to blow up and then attach to your rig and pop on, on this skewer. And you can only do one balloon a lap. So now you're, you're talking about you're, you're winded. You're, you're walking a mile at a time <laughs> and now you have to stop and blow up a balloon. You're like, are you, are you kidding me? So it, it's different things like that, that the course is designed to, to push the driver physically, mentally, emotionally, uh, spiritually it's designed to test product. And I think the best compliment I get with the fixed enduro, especially from drivers that go out and pre-run a, a fixed enduro course, they come back and say, Oh man, that's too easy. That, that's, that course is way too easy. Oh, wow. And then in their eighth hour, are you yeah. there? Yeah. 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 In their eighth hour, in their eighth hour, they're like, Oh my God, this is because <laughs> it's not, there's sections that are technical, uh, but I look for things like uh, a, a, an area and it could be a, a I, I call it like a, a crisscross rock, like two rocks opposite of each other. And when you go through it, it's easy to drive, but when you go through it, you, you're, you're lifting your right and left suspension. Uh, you're lifting your, your, uh, your rear suspension you're putting strain on your rod ends, your servo horn, your servo, your steering knuckles, your C's. Yes, it's easy to drive through, but now you're going to be going over that section for the next 12 hours. So right. if if there's any weakness in that rod end or in that uh, a tie rod or drag link or servo horn, it will come out. It's going to break. It's going to strip. And even though it was easy to drive, it's that endurance thing. It's doing it repetitively over and over and over again. And and those are the things I look for. Sections of that course that test certain product. And, and not all product are, are, are going to be tested. But I can tell you, I've seen some crazy product fail, um, like, like uh, shock mounts. Who would think that a shock mount would ever break? But right, I, I've right. seen I've seen... I've seen shock mounts shear off where they attach. Um, 
you know, of course, we've had uh, electronic failure. Uh, we've had, you know, product failure. And, and But the if you'd asked me how much weight it has now, um, I would have never have thunk it because the purpose of it was to say, hey, our product survived 12 hours of real-world testing by real-world drivers because – uh, you know, now we've had some team drivers before come out like Scott Hughes. Um, but most of our endurance drivers, some of them are sponsored by, by companies, but it's open to any driver. You know, it, right, it, right. Joe Blow can come out and be like, hey, um, the um, I certified this for this company. And that's the cool aspect of it. Um, and I, I yeah, think another thing. Go ahead. Well, I would say that's just really cool because like you said, you know, it's one thing to have a, you know, a, a, a sponsored guy or an employee, you know, an axial employee or a low seat guy come out and run the test and say, yeah, look what this did. But when, like you said, when the paying customer goes out, dedicates their time, their energy into it and, and certifies the product for the manufacturer, I mean, that's just, that's a very real, honest process at that point, which is super cool. Yeah. And we've had teams. I mean, uh, there are some teams that compete in the 12 hours. Uh, and one team certified an RTR with three different drivers. So imagine that. And you took an RTR rig. And it wasn't like like if I'm driving it. Um, I'm going to keep that rig together, but you've got three different drivers with three different driving styles. Right. Yep. If that doesn't speak volumes for the durability of an RTR, I don't know what does. You know, that's yeah, no, pretty that's impressive. Really, yeah, yeah. You're definitely going to get a different wear and tear on the vehicle just based on how the three different people are going to run the course. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And here's one. I, I'm going to blow your minds with this one. And, and trust me, I, I've tried. I, I, I tried hard last year in Belgium to join this group because it, it, I, I, fi- I got the fix Enduro working the way I, I, I wanted to logistically. And I kept asking drivers, hey, how was it? How was it? Well, I could ask drivers till, till I'm blue in the face and never get an understanding of how to improve the experience for the drivers until I do it myself. So I competed. Uh, in the 12 hour class in Apple Valley, California at Horseman's Center Park. And now I would stop and I started the six. I mean, I still had a job to do, but I wanted to experience that 12 hour class. So I knew how to improve it for the drivers. And the one thing happened that I did not expect is you, it, it, you get hooked. It's, there's something about it. You, you, you get so in tune with your car. Like I can remember saving a bicycle. Like I, I, I hit a rock that I'm like, where did that rock come from? And in your mind is you're just on another level. So I hit the rock. I'm on two wheels and my mind's going, where did that rock come from? And the, the truck's on two wheels and I saved this <laughs> bicycle for six feet. You're, you're, and I set it back down in my wow. mind. My mind is going crazy, but your body is in survive mode. Like you're just one foot after another focus, focus, because 
every lap changes with drivers coming on it. It's that's another one of the aspects that I I can't control is how that course develops, and it's just addicting. So there's a special club in the Fix Enduro that I I, I want to become a member of. And, and I don't know if I'll ever do it, but I'm not, it's not going to be from lack of trying. It's the marathon club. And if you told me that a person could drive their RC car for 26.4 miles in 12 hours, I'd be like, dude, you're crazy. I'm from the show me state. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of, yeah, that, that is an accomplishment. Again, if you don't understand <laughs> how hard it is, I mean, you can spend 15 minutes trying to go 20 feet uh, sometimes, you know, if you can't figure out a line or something. So that's, that's very cool. That's very cool. And and there's a group, there's a group of men, a group of drivers that have went a marathon distance and more. Uh, The the record is 54 point, I think it's 54.6 miles in 12 hours. Wow. With an RC car. Yeah. On the scale miles day. on that is pretty far. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that crazy trucks are doing some miles. Yeah. So, so Parker, I got to ask you, what do you see trend wise in the scaling crawling community? What What's going to be, you know, what are people looking to do when we can all get back out there again? And it's going to happen. What are What are people doing? What do you see that you think is cool that really catches your eye and gets you excited? You know, I I think what I what I like is I'm really anxious for, for me to set um, – I, I want to set some side – not bonus lines. I don't want to call them bonus lines. But I, I want to set um, – in the one-to-one world, we call them bonus lines. So on the Rubicon Trail, you've got the trail. But then you've also got some bonus lines that, that's off the trail. Um, and, and a lot of times you'll find a Jeep that does the trail – and, and then you'll see a Toyota do a bonus line. And yes, that's a dig at Jeepers. Um, it, it's just a hardcore route. It's still part of the trail, but not all vehicles can do it. And I think with the trend of, of, uh, of front dig and high clearance portal axles, I really want to push the scale adventure driver into into another level of driving ability. So for me personally, I'm looking forward to setting some bonus lines, some more hardcore lines for drivers to test themselves. And even drivers that that, want to say, hey, I I think I can drive this with my rig. Uh, Maybe they have a a RTR – UMG 10, because I'm telling you, I'm amazed at what my UMG 10 does. Yeah. I was just going to say, you know, I, it is, it is definitely a cool vehicle and I thought it'd drive more like a tank, but it's not, it's powerful and nimble and, and just a lot of fun and a much different experience than, you know, traditional four by four. Yeah. And, and I think, um, um, trend wise, I just, I, I, I get asked this question a lot. Don't I ever get tired of doing what I do? And I'm like, yeah, no, because <laughs> no matter 
just when you think you've seen it all, you see something new and you're like, okay, what inspired that? You know, how, how in the world you think of that? And, and I, off the top of my head, I think about a wraith I seen at Axial Fest West last year. And I'm, I'm, you know, it's one of those squirrel moments. I'm having a conversation, but then I see a rig and I'm like, oh, excuse me. Hold on a second. I say, oh, stop, stop. I got to see your seats. And this, this guy had made wooden seats, like, like, like a wooden Adirondack chair type seat in his wraith. And he's like, oh, but look, Parker, if you're the driver, you got to be the, the, you got to have a throne. And he had made a wooden toilet seat on the driver's seat. And I'm like, shut up. I mean, you know what I'm saying? This is the aspect of scale RC. Yeah. Yeah. No way do I ever get tired of seeing the creativity of people yeah. and, and what they build and how they build it. You know, it's, it's super, super rad. Hmm. Yeah, it, yeah. It, there is no end to their creativity. Like you said, you, you just see some of the stuff people do. And one, I'm like, what made you think of that? And then two, right. like you said, it, it's like, wow, that's really cool. You know, I'm glad you thought of that. Um, and it's really it's really cool. And again, just an expression of, of who these people are. Yeah, no, I agree 100 percent. I, I agree 100 percent. It's just uh, that's one of the things that just it never gets old. It, it really doesn't. Um, and then I think driving, uh, the adventure that you can set driving, like you mentioned flat and nasty uh, off-road park earlier in, uh, in Missouri. Going there, we've been there, um, oh my gosh, five, six years now. And it's never the same. There's always something different. It's, it's just Mother Nature says gives us this blank canvas and it's how we um use it and right now i've just been now now there's some things that i've set thinking oh my gosh this is going to drive so awesome and then when i because i don't get to drive a lot of the things i set. as a matter of fact the crew i have now they last year they made it mandatory uh it was very simple they said either you drive your car more or we're going to break one of your arms because you don't need it. <laughs> and it's like, wow. you know what? I'll, I'll try. So, so for me last year, um, and, and someone mentioned this uh, a couple of days ago, they're like, man, we heard you got really teary eyed at, um, at Axel Fest West. And uh, I was like, yeah, the, it was the first time ever at, at an Axel Fest event that not only did I get to drive uh, my my car, right? I, I had the, I had Atlas, but I got to drive with the G Crew, and I got to drive with Axial Fest uh, G Sixers that I met on the trail, and, and I got to experience Axial Fest in a way that I never had gotten to experience it before. And it was so amazing. And what made that possible was Horizon Hobby. Horizon Hobby, uh, the staff, the fans, they bring something to the table uh, that 
it just, it's like peanut butter and jelly. When I say you get it, you get it. You get that RC's fun. It's, it's family friendly and it's about making memories. And I still, RC, the first RC Fest I attended uh, two years ago will always be a highlight for me personally because I'd never been to an RC event that encompassed everything RC. Of course, that year you didn't have boats, um, <laughs> but it had, yet, yet. it had everything RC. Uh, you know, last year had boats, but, but the, yeah, the first year, right. yeah. Yep. Yeah, right. The first year I went did not, yeah, did not have boats, but uh, uh, I got to meet Joe Ambrose and, and he really changed uh, and inspired me to go to take G6 to another level uh, of, of enthusiasm and of experience for the participants. Um, and that to me was, was one of my all time greatest RC moments was that first ever RC fest. Not to mention the fact that it was really hot and I Super lived hot. in that. Yeah. I lived in that skid steer, uh, for three <laughs> days did. straight. I almost <laughs> killed, killed, killed a buddy of mine who was a white collar guy, Kentucky. I, I looked over him and I thought, Oh my goodness, he's going to pass out on me. Um, <laughs> Because I really, I didn't realize, you know, it was hot. It was so, so hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and that, that yeah. is, I, I do want to say, I mean, one of one of my things, and Steve, I know I've told you this before, but I mean, it, it truly was. I mean, last year we kind of wrapped up Axial Fest and we had our big, you know, kind of, uh, we had some con- contest winners. We had our raffle giveaway. And I mean, it, it was an emotional uh, time. I mean, it, it was kind of like being around, you know, family or something like that. And I, mm-hmm. I do think, quick and we are kind of running long on time but i i do think you know i remember uh i was helping set up and i was talking to andy ziggler and he said hey uh have you seen miss axial fest and i was going hey uh axial fest is supposed to be kind of a family event and i'm thinking what do you mean Miss axial fest and i i didn't have the best well i i you know i didn't have an appropriate mental image when i i thought about miss axial fest and uh, you know, but that was one of the coolest yeah, things. I, I don't know if you know about Miss Axial Fest or not, um, but but <laughs> Miss Axial Fest, I we find out later oh, wow. is uh, basically uh, Parker had taken it was like a little Barbie doll type thing, and he had hit yes. it on one of the courses, and this little kid found Miss Axial Fest. So when when Ziegler was asking me if I had seen Miss Axial Fest, it was there was this quest that you were trying to find this Miss Axial Fest out on the trails. I didn't know the backstory. So again, I was expecting, you know, a bikini somewhere on the, on the trail. Um, and, uh, you know, I thought, oh boy, what have we gotten into here? And uh, this little, little kid had found uh, Miss Axial Fest and Parker took him aside and, you know, made sure to thank him and we did pictures and uh, we had a prize for him, if I remember correctly, for finding Miss Axial Fest. And he was kind of like the, I mean, it just, it made the family's day, but I have to say it made my day. And it was just so cool to be, to see those kind of memories being made at Axial Fest and uh, really does kind of bring back everything you've been talking about the whole time, that this is all about the families and and the experience and the journey and the adventure and saving Miss Axial Fest. Uh, so it's it one of the coolest moments and certainly, you know, 
it, it was just amazing to see you how much you put into making sure that the axial fan, you know, has a, a, a an experience they'll never forget, and how much it also impacts those of us who are just kind of working to make sure that happens for those people. Uh, really cool experience. Thank you. Yeah, that's uh, it's um, you know, and I, I say this all the time. Uh, I wouldn't be where I'm at without axial racing and, and vice versa. A- axial racing um, has, has really supported uh, my madness uh, for a long, long time. So last year was really uh, an honor for me to, to get back to uh, an event that I did put so much uh, sweat and tears into and to share that with the uh, uh, horizon hobby family and with the uh, G crew that I have today uh, was, was absolutely insane because a lot of people don't know behind the scenes, like the G crew and I was in uh, Pennsylvania the, the weekend before. And we, we all flew in on, we, we worked a four day event there. And then we flew Sunday, uh, Monday morning, we got up and we had two technically two and a half days to set up um, Axial Fest West and and put all those uh, trail marks in the ground uh, where the previous three years, you know, had taken, you know, a dozen guys a month. Um, right. <laughs> but that's the, you know, it, but that's how we do. Normally, uh, you know, Axial Fest uh, was one or two guys, myself with two guys, and, and we would set it up again, in, in a one or two day period. Um, and I really look forward to um, uh, the next one. I'm, 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 it's a little bittersweet. I'm, I'm, I will be uh, uh, marking some trails, setting some trails up for Axial Fest Badlands, um, like, like walking them and, and sharing my ideas with, with the crew, uh, getting some input from uh, Andy and Brad. Um, on the area that we get to use because there's more to it than just setting the stages. You, you want to maximize the experience, but you also, you want to minimize the traffic jams. You want to uh, increase the, that fun factor. And there are several things that you have to think about to, to achieve that goal. Um, so going out there, doing some, some investing that, that pre-walking, looking at the area uh, and going, Oh my gosh, yes, we, we definitely want to use this. And, and we want to, we're glad that Badlands opened their doors up for us and have given us a makeup date, even, you know, with this, with this strange 2020 year already kicking off. Yeah. Um, so we want to show them that, that our uh, uh, fan base and what we bring to, to the table uh is is an asset to the Badlands. I mean, we want to utilize their property. We're we're thankful that they're they're allowing us to use the property, and I think that it's a uh, an incredible venue that has the has in crazy uh, growth potential. And regardless of of our turnout this year, this is the first time it's ever been at, at Axial Fest has been outside California first time it's ever been at Badlands and it, there's no expectations. There's nothing that can go 
uh, wrong in the sense that, hey, if we have five or 500, we're going to have fun. Um, and there's, there's really nothing to compare it to because it's never been done before. Yeah, well, we've certainly had a lot of people ask us, you know, hey, Axial Fest looks awesome, but I can't get to California. So hopefully, you know, those people, uh, they've been cooped up and now it's going to be a good time to come to Indiana. And like you said, there's no forests there, but there are definitely some woods, I think, and uh, a lot of different terrain that should be fun for people. So uh, looking forward to it. I do want to ask you real quick, Brian, we're, we're, we are running a little long, but I do want to give you the chance. We appreciate you taking your time to share some stories with us. Um, but we also like to wrap up each of these podcasts to give kind of the open mic to uh, our guests to take a couple minutes and just promote anything you want or talk about anything you want. Kind of just, again, open mic, the floor is yours. Um, anything you want to share with the people who might be listening to the podcast here. Great. Um, what I'd like to say first and foremost is, is, Thank you to all the, the G6 family that support the Recon G6. This is our 10-year anniversary. Um, we started off really cool with a new adventure in, in Puerto Rico. Uh, and then it's kind of tapered off for, for reasons outside of our control. But it's led to definitely an adventurous 10-year anniversary so far. Uh, so thank each and every one of the participants of our G6 family that come out. Uh, because if it wasn't for them, we would have never made it 10 years. And on that same note, uh, the sponsors that support the Recon G6, uh, thank them. And we've got uh, Pitbull RC, Teakin Racing, Homes Hobbies. Uh, there's just a, a slew of sponsors that have supported us through the years. And that support has made the G train. It's, it's really funded the G train to get to where we're at. Um, and, and break into the Europe market, you know, our, our, uh, European G sixes are absolutely incredible. The, um, along with our stateside G sixes. So big shout out to our G six family and all the, uh, uh, sponsors of the recon G six, uh, axial racing and horizon hobby included, I think uh, our air meet last year was absolutely fantastic. Um, so, yeah, yeah well, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. There's a lot to feel good about. And again, it, it's great talking to you. It's always a blast to talk to you and to hear uh, your passion, to hear your stories. Again, you, you've traveled the world for this fun little hobby that we have, chasing toy trucks around the world. And uh, it's, it's always fun to hear. Um, yeah, we will be back for Axial Fest West next year. If anybody's wondering, you know, if, if it's going to happen, you know, uh, it, we, if there was any way to have make, it, make it happen this year, we would have absolutely done it. Um, I think everybody knows that it's kind of beyond our control. We were able to figure out how to make it happen in the great state of Indiana. So we will be. Uh, out at Axial <laughs> Fest in Badlands, and we appreciate you and your team's help in advance for making that uh, first ever. Like you said, it's going to be the best ever Axial Fest Badlands, regardless. We've had we've had over three hundred pre-registered already, so I mean it's a oh, it's great. it's gained a lot of traction in a short period of time, and I think a lot of that will will grow. I think we're done with the pre-registration, but you know we've got another month here. 
and we'll probably we'll be selling tickets on site. So if you listen to the podcast and you miss out on pre-reg, you can definitely get in there. But yeah, three hundred drivers. I mean, kidding me? That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. And like I said, it's 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 that's. Uh, oh my gosh! I think the first ever Axial Fest, uh, we had eighty nine drivers, and you know, and that was and we were expecting. It was like what? Uh, and at that point in time. That was incredible because it was a brand specific event. And uh, yeah, those 89 drivers just absolutely had an amazing time. And, uh, and they, the one thing they don't ever regret was not going. So if I could tell our listeners one thing, don't have that same regret. Go to this first Badlands and experience it because it's, it's only the first time once. You know, don't be those kids looking in the window going, man, I should have, I should have went in there. Go experience it because it's not just, it's, it's what you make it. Uh, there's going to be different events. You know, we're, we're bringing back the, the TTC. We're bringing back the, uh, ultimate team adventure challenge, UTAC for short. Uh, and if, if, if you've never, uh, experienced that, that is a trip in itself. That's a whole nother crazy. It combines like GPS, uh, teamwork. It, it truly does test your driving ability and your ability to, to work as a team. The rock racing will be uh, be exciting as well at, at Badlands. So don't sit at home. Don't watch the live coverage. Come out and participate in the first ever uh, and, and be part of history. You know, help us make history. Well, again, Brian, you are absolutely right about uh, Badlands. Uh, everybody should come out, join us there. I look forward to seeing you there in person and uh, we'll make history. So thanks for joining us again today. Thanks for coming on. My honor. Hey, I love you guys. Uh, have a great week and uh, look forward to seeing you all soon. All, all right, right, Brian. Take care. Thanks, man. Stay safe. Ciao.